the amount of time and effort you have to put into getting one thing done a year mm-hmm. that's supposed to encapsulate such a large body of time takes more than four times as long as doing it four times a year. Hi, my name is Chris Zaug, and welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page, but, but more than that, actually having better conversations with one another. Not just talking about projects, status updates, and all the stuff you can do via email. It digs into the nitty-gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, the conversations you never get to really have. Well, we're recording this uh, in kind of the middle part of April in 2020, and we're in Minnesota, and we're looking outside, and there's still snow on the ground, which is not great. But uh, April 2020 means that we're completing our Q1 reviews. Today, we're going to talk about how we got to where we are, the things that are a little kludgy still, and things that that we, we uh, love about it. And so I, I know for me, Michael, um, it's been a it's been a wild ride over the years doing uh, our reviews at Uptick because we didn't start where we are now. Do you remember mm-hmm. back to when you first started here and what that was like? Yeah. I mean, it was the most structured I'd ever had, mainly because it was kind of like, or it was different. We had done done 360 reviews in the past. Uh, but here it was, there's a set of questions. It was just starting to get formalized, actually, just when I came. So mm-hmm. I wasn't here for the pre-starting of the <laughs> new trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, we started with just a form of questions that we filled out in some word processing system. I think it was probably a Google Doc or Microsoft Word or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did it quarterly at the time, which was newer, uh, for sure mm-hmm. new for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I was here just at the beginning of the new trajectory. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And and we had just we had just started, and prior to that, we were kind of uh, in the the ether. We weren't really doing anything. Um, at least we weren't doing anything well. So we started there with a little bit of formality and kind of started developing some questions that we thought were pertinent. And I got feature that some of the questions were good and some of them really weren't relevant at all. We kept refining those questions down. I think ev- I think initially, I'm trying to remember exactly, did them quarter- Did we do them quarterly when you first started? Yeah. We did. Okay. So we had probably just started that too, because I think prior to some annual reviews. So we were trying to make it so that the cadence was increased. Um, did you feel like when you were filling that out that it was a accurate representation of what you had actually done in that quarter? Well, yes, yes and no. Uh, the no only because like at the time when I was first coming, my role was developing a lot as as the quarter was progressing. I started right at the beginning right. of like the third quarter. And so we kind of set out what my projects were going to be and some of them shifted and shaped. But what was great about the review is that there was that understanding. So we saw like, here's what, here were the goals that were set out for my quarter, what I was going to accomplish, what the, the plan was. And then when we actually met to do our my review, then we looked back and said, yeah, one and two got totally scrapped back almost in week two. <laughs> and right, this last right. one became like the main thing. And there was also these two other things that came up and were kind of the main things. And we talked about, so goals were one thing. A lot of it is actually largely the same in a, in a positive way. What are the big mm-hmm. the big projects, the primary goals that I'm going to work on and accomplish uh, during the course of the quarter? How am I feeling about my productivity and how have I demonstrated that? Which that's still a, a 
touch and go question for some folks to kind of figure out like, you know, how do I talk about my productivity separate from my goals? And mm. that's something we've talked about in a different podcast before, like how to do a self-evaluation. But the other thing that was really great, I think that we've talked about all the way through is about virtues and how that's come through in our work and in how we go about doing our job. Again, something else that we talked about that whole thing and like how to write a good self-evaluation as a team member. But yeah, I feel like it was a tight enough time frame to be useful and to look forward and still like correct course going ahead. Sure. D- did you use any source material when you were putting together your self-evaluation? Were there things that you were looking at to kind of remind you what happened? Yeah, I think at the time I was looking more up at like calendar meetings, invitations, mm-hmm. partially just as like data points of like when things happened. Because I didn't have, mm-hmm. I've never been a good note taker. I've never been someone who keeps a good log of work. And that's a sin of my own, I suppose, depending on who you're talking <laughs> to. <laughs> Right, But I, I used email as some markers, uh, partially just to jog my memory, but also kind of like sifting back through calendar, like week views, just to see, like, okay, what, what happened? What meetings was I in? Mainly because that would prompt the work I had been doing. And that might remind me of, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that one week where I just helped Joel out with this one thing. And that was actually a really important project, but it came up sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was more like I got to the end of it, knew what my goals were, realized some of those were not even what ended up happening based on conversations you and I had midway through. It needed right. to look back and reflect and say, well, what actually did happen then if those didn't? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, how do we account for that? And how do I make it not look like I just didn't achieve 60% of the goals that we set out with? Right. Uh, but yeah, it was, a lot of it was trying to find some way to jog my memory of what actually happened. And then using that as a catalyst to come up with more detailed uh, things to add and like enrich my self-evaluation. Sure. You know, it's interesting. You kind of blew by it, but I'm going to refer our podcast listeners back to a blog post that you we have on our blog, uptocap.com slash blog. Look for how to write a self-evaluation that will impress your boss. Because that's really what you did in those days. That was kind of written out of that pre-uptick time when mm-hmm. you were thinking, yeah, honestly, you were thinking about how you could lead up, which was great because you set the standard in some ways for the way we wanted to do reviews. You talked super honestly about the areas where you felt like you could have improved, things you missed, ways that you potentially worked on the wrong things. You were real honest about it, but you were also equally honest with, I think I did this well. These are the ways I've impacted my team. You know, one of the things we do at Uptick is that we ask a lot of questions that have to do with the actual work, but it has to do with your team. How are you mm-hmm. influencing your team? And that's where the virtues and the values come in, the way you talked about it. And that was sort of an evolution as well. We realized that cultural things are just as important as the product production things. you got to have both. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing some evaluations there, and you did a really good job. I, I realized that there are some people listening to this who've got less than ideal relationship with their supervisor. And so maybe being honest isn't the greatest thing. Maybe that's the way they're going to get yanked a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't But I safe. think if you Yeah, but if you've got a good relationship with your boss, it's a great place to be honest because then you can get through the obstacles. Hey, what caused that and how can we fix it for next time? The review shouldn't in my opinion just be kind of a, a an encapsulation of what happened in the previous quarter. It should be, okay, now what do we learn? What are the things, where are we going to grow? And if those questions aren't a part of it, I think you miss out on a great opportunity 
to to build into each other, manager and and, and employees, being able to, for you to say to me, Chris, it would really, and we have a question like this in our review, you know, how how can you help me as a manager? And and you would say, well, these are some things that would really help me, hold me accountable to these things, make sure I get the resources for these things. Super important for me as a manager to hear. Super mm-hmm. important. Yeah, and when I do, I think the standard thought is you think of like a movie review, a critic going in and giving their evaluation of what it is. And when I think about what our reviews should be is the evaluation should really come full stop from the employee doing a self-evaluation. And Mm -hmm. the review should be, I would almost rather uh, swap in the word recap because Mm. we're not, you shouldn't be reviewing in hindsight. You should be recapping what you've already reviewed in real time at the time of a review. Like there's, there shouldn't be surprises. And if they're coming up, right. there are things that you should be talking about when you notice them, not waiting for the review, not putting them in your tally book and saving them for the review to share these times when there's been missed performance. It's worthwhile to bring them up again, but it shouldn't be the first time they come up if it's you know a month later, two months later, or eight months later, if you're in the annual review track. So when I think about a review, it's and it's not mutually exclusive from what you were just sharing. Like it's a, it's a recap of what has happened because you've already done evaluations throughout, but you're doing a formal, team members doing a formal personal evaluation for like, okay, feel about what happened so that I can impact mm-hmm. how I'm going to feel next quarter at this time or the next six month check mark. And then getting on the same page with your manager about that. And then they have their opportunity to weigh in on those things to feel about it. I think that's great. And and actually, one of the things that you said really struck home with me, and that is that whole idea of real-time feedback. You don't want to hold anything back. You don't want to have anything in your back pocket. You and I have talked before a little bit about, I have four kids. I'm a parent. And there are certain things I don't want to do to trigger my kids, like having super deep, okay, now we're going to talk about all the issues you need to do better in school during dinner. Because then dinner becomes uh, naturally a negative experience. They, they go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go to dinner. This is the place where I get, I get, you know, pounded on by my parents for not finishing my homework on time. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want it to be that way. You want dinner to be social and good and you want yeah. them to remember that. So you have to pick other opportunities to have those conversations. And I think the same thing is true of a review. They're inherently a little uh, stressful anyway, because you're walking into a room, you're going to sit down and you want to diffuse all of that. So if you're giving real-time feedback as you go along, mm-hmm. then you've got the opportunity to kind of diffuse the stress of the of the review. One of the things I've had to do on a couple of occasions, as I'm writing the review, I realize that there are some things I should have said before, but I only noticed it in the context of writing the review. Mm-hmm. So Taking that same principle, I just, before I gave the review, I'd walk to somebody's desk and say, hey, can we chat about something? I just, as I'm thinking about your review, I realized there was an issue that 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 came up that I just want to chat about it four or five times, but I'm glad I did that. So then when we got to the review. Yeah, for sure. So, so that was a really important thing. But, you know, you said something to me earlier today that, that, that I was thinking about. We, our one-on-ones completely changed, or I mean, our reviews completely changed. You know, our reviews completely changed when we did one-on-ones regularly. Prior to, or when you first came, actually, I don't think we had regular one-on-ones. Certainly, they weren't weekly, and they weren't lightly structured, so we knew what we were talking about, and they weren't documented. But Mm -hmm. when we started building, 
well, really pre-Uptick, when we started building our version of Uptick, which was Google Forms and you know all kinds of other stuff, we started getting into the nitty-gritty of people's lives, how they do work, what the obstacles are, things like that. And that started giving me, at least as a manager of nine people, a written record of the kinds of things that that we really want to talk about. Not just the spewing of information, but Mm -hmm. how do we get better as a company? How do I get better as a manager? How do you get better as a team member? How do we work together more effectively? And that was a big turning point for me when we first started having those one-on-ones because that became my data point. I could I could gather real-time feedback. So when we started developing Uptick, one of the things we wanted to do was make sure that we had we're asking the right questions. So we tailored the questions for the person. And then we created a search tool in there that allows me now to go in and actually see the storyline, the story arc of a quarter for one of my team members from the Mm one-on-ones. So right there I can see, because I I don't remember anything. We have a a couple of guys that have had young kids in the beginning of a quarter. And when they have a young kid at the beginning of a quarter, I don't remember it by the end of the quarter. I'm like, you know, oh, there was a a productivity gap here. Oh, why? Oh, that's right. Uh, They had a baby and they were out of the office or, you know, Mm -hmm. they had an illness. And I think those are the things that have really helped me is that real-time gathering of information that I can then go back on and it allows me to ruminate on the right things, the story arc, how they're going. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I've had all of the difficult conversations before we get to the review because we're meeting regularly. We're yeah. talking about that stuff. So Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to go back and recap what has happened since the last time there was an evaluation. And then... Mm-hmm inform yourself for how you want to do this current or this upcoming evaluation. So when we started uh, with building like certain performance review tools, we were like, okay, this will help get us things, uh, the flow a little bit better. We ran through it a couple times and it didn't, it helped the administrative stuff, but it didn't help any of like the actual doing of the reviews. (laughs) It just helped the, the paper pushing part of it. So then we tried some other things. And then when we got to actually formalizing we'd already been having one-on-one meetings but once we mm-hmm. started building like note collection and things like that and from of the one-on-one so that it could be used and easily read back that's what was a big game changer for me and a lot of other people on the team too so that like there was something real that we could look at we didn't have to go sift through all of the things some people still do much more detailed uh reviewing of what's happened in the quarter than I do. I look back at like what you and I have talked about and written about in our one-on-ones. So that way I don't have to spend as much time like racking my brain to figure out what it was that we discussed. And Mm -hmm. that's what's made it a lot more useful is not necessarily any specific tool, even though like we like what we're working on, but what's been useful is me having a written record that I'll actually use that I can look back on. So that when it comes time for the review, I'm not guessing, I'm not being vague. You're getting something like meaty and useful from me mm-hmm. to respond, taking it on myself to look deeper at my own performance and reflect so that this is a it's a developmental conversation, not like how vague and how quick can we get through this conversation. You said that and it it catalyzed something in my brain. I realized that back when we was without the one-on-ones and without the documentation, that most of what people would do in a review would be just sort of a recitation of their successes. Mm-hmm. These are the things I did. Because, because there was no 
there was no data to go back and say, well, I really felt that this was a difficult piece. Once we started doing one-on-ones, it gave Booker and my team the ability to really reflect on reality. As an example, uh, I've mentioned this a couple times, I think perhaps even in another podcast, but we had had a guy on our team a while back who had just killed it the first two the first two months of a quarter, absolutely killed it. And then the last month, it was like he fell asleep. Like, I don't know what happened, but no work was getting done, really inefficient. And it was kind of kind of goofy. And we had only had, we had to skip a one-on-one or two. So it was kind of goofy. We get to the review and I'm ready to, to light them up in a kind of a nice way, but <laughs> to say, yeah. look, you know, Hey, yeah. You know, Hey man, what, what happened to your, yeah. What happened to your quarter, man? What, what? And then I looked at my one-on-ones. I'm like, wait a minute. He had two fantastic months and one bad month. And so I was able to come in on the review based on actual data and say, Hey man, you know, like you were just fantastic in October, November, what happened in December? And he was like, I know, I just, you know, I don't know. You know, and we talked about it. And I think it built trust in our relationship because first of all, I didn't just ream him for a bad month, but yeah. also I knew that there was a bad month and I said it. I said, hey, this this wasn't good. And I think that give and take uh, helped us in the long run develop a more transparent relationship because it was based on real stuff, not just how I feel today about Michael, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you do that, you're building mutual respect of showing, I know you're what you're capable of, and this was a scenario mm-hmm. where I feel that you were underperforming what is in you, what you're capable of. And mm-hmm. if you don't have that conversation, then the other person may lose a little bit of respect for you for not having a higher level of expectations of people on the team or that there's mismatched levels of expectations between different people. Some people are always getting the talking to and other people can do no wrong. And that, that loses a lot of respect amongst a team too, when there's not a level playing field of, of critique, I guess, for lack of a better word. Right. Right. So we've talked a little bit about the importance of having real-time information about address as you go so that the review doesn't become spooky. Quarterly reviews, as opposed to reviews that might be in a longer time frame. What are your thoughts about some companies we know that will use our product will say, well, yeah, we do annual reviews. I know I have a little bit of check in my spirit where, where, when I hear that. What are the sorts of things that, that that causes you to think about? Yeah, well, coming from working at a few different places where reviews were either non-existent or inconsistent or just they felt kind of light or not ultra useful. It wasn't like mm-hmm. building into my development felt more like this we know we're supposed to do this um so we're going to do it so we did like maybe 360 degree feedback uh from team members that were too afraid to say anything constructive so all you got was hey like i feel like they're doing a good job keep it up like having you on the team everyone likes to hear nice things but the the value in a 360 degree feedback is getting anonymous helpful feedback to help you mm-hmm. develop and get better, mm-hmm. not just to be told how mm-hmm. how nice you are and how they like okay. having you around in the office or you like when they make coffee or something like that. Mm-hmm. So when I hear like annual annual reviews, it's it's more of something where I'm thinking, shoot, like they're not actually getting the value out of it and they're going to get all the negative experiences from it and very few, if any, of the positive experiences from it. Because mm-hmm. in an annual context, 
the only reason people really want to engage in it is because they're satisfying some requirement of their manager or HR or something like, I got to get them off my back. I got to do it to make them happy. I'm engaging in this process because at the end of it, I'm going to find out what my raise is for the year. Right. Right. Or, I mean, this is kind of my pessimistic view of it, right? (laughs) Some people do a really great job with it. Uh, But even talking with some friends that are in the middle of doing not, not right now, but at the end of year, they were doing their performance reviews. They're like, some people are putting in like a half an hour. Some people are putting in like eight hours. Mm. It's such a dichotomy of how much effort everyone's putting into it. And it's all Mm -hmm. dependent on if the manager actually cares or not. So it's hard to put more work into something if you know your manager doesn't value it. So I think another thing is showing that annual reviews, it's, it's so easy to suggest that that's the right way to do it because everyone sees that it's such a time suck. It's a huge time suck because it takes forever to do anything worthwhile on an annual basis in the mm-hmm. in performance reviews because you have so much time to look back on. You have to try to, if you're going to put any effort into it to make it meaningful, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it feels like a century ago that like the NBA closed <laughs> for <laughs> coronavirus. Right. That was maybe, what was it, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, five, four, just shy of five weeks. Yep. Five weeks ago. Okay, that feels like an eternity ago, but that's less than half a quarter. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> like, the amount of life change that's happened. Unbelievable. Yeah, So, and it's not because we're trying to talk about coronavirus and performance reviews in this time, but it's illustrative of what it shows how much time passes, how much things change, and you're like, oh, wow, it's only been that long? Right. And then multiply that times a whole year. So to the reason why I say you're going to get all the bad parts of it and none, very few, if any of the good parts of doing a review is that you're going to get high level platitudes in an annual review. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, here's all the things I feel like I did well, like the highlight reel, which is nothing wrong, wrong with a highlight reel on its own. But if all you're ever doing is playing the highlight reel, you're missing out on the opportunity right. for development and getting mm-hmm. better. Some people don't, they don't work at a place where some anything other than, other than the highlight reel will get them knocked or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is this shows me more that like the company, I'm going to say it doesn't actually value the feedback of what a performance review is supposed to give. Mm-hmm. They're doing it for mm. the real, like the, the legal reasons why they have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. But if you actually value true performance, you're going to have more regular conversations about evaluations. Maybe they're doing that ad hoc. Maybe that's manager to manager. There's great managers who work in companies that only do annual reviews and they do a great job of directing their teams. But if you actually want to do more consistent feedback, you don't have to have reviews every quarter, but you have to have developmental conversations consistently. Right. Usually if you're in an organization that has annual reviews, unless you have great managers, that's not happening. Right. Well, and that gets back to the one-on-ones. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how important those are to keep that cadence of accountability going both ways, really. Understanding the work, understanding the development opportunities for the team member, Mm -hmm. how can we give them what they need. And so I think that's a great, actually did annual reviews for years and then uh, semi-annual, that's twice a year Mm -hmm. we do reviews. And and they were exactly what you just said. They were mostly meaningless. <laughs> and I had a lot of reports, and we used a, a, a system of software that had probably 30 questions that I had to answer. 
And so they had an automated number system. But you just click on the number and then you would add feedback. And it would give you like basic things. Like if you clicked a four, it would say, Michael did an outstanding job this quarter. Literally, that's what it would do. And yeah. you can imagine that with 30 questions, 28 of them, I just clicked on the number and <laughs> let it use the oh, the automated, 100%. the automated, yeah. And so the two things that I really cared about, I addressed. And it really wasn't useful to them mostly. I it It was okay for me, I guess, because it was relatively painless. And I... For legal reasons, and it mm -hmm. completed the legal the legal reasoning. However, I left every one of those meetings feeling empty, like I didn't add anything with that meeting. Now, I was having other meetings with people that hopefully were helpful, yeah. But that that time should be, I think, should be in some ways a coronation of the things you've done really well in the quarter, and then an honest discussion about the things that we can improve on together. You and me. Mm -hmm. And that means you you telling me this will help me by doing this. And for me being able to say, you know, we talked about that earlier in the quarter, this one thing. Let's keep focusing on this in the next quarter so we can continue the growth that we've already seen. It's that kind of conversation that I think people are looking for. Yeah. So so we've talked about the context of a review. In other words, being able to gather the, the correct content so that you as you're looking at it, you can say, yeah, I'm, I'm giving real feedback about real things that really happened in a time frame. And mm -hmm. that's the second thing, the time frame. Okay, so over a, over a quarter, over three months, there's, st there's still a lot of time. I mean, that's, that's 12 weeks. And I tell you, mm -hmm. every time I do a review and look back at my one-on-ones, I think, wait, that was, that was this quarter? I mean, it felt like a million years ago. But, but it was this quarter. I think the context and the time frame are vitally important for me to give a good review. Do you, yeah. do you feel that on the, on, the, on the team member side too, where that's kind of the stuff you're looking at? Are you ever surprised by the stuff you see? I'm not usually surprised by looking at what's happened or what I've done in terms mm -hmm. of the what. Maybe I'm more mm -hmm. surprised by like the volume of the what's that have happened. That's more of a recognition of looking at what what's possible to accomplish. Um, mm. I, I don't remember whose who's quote it is, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's more of like you, you can get uh, – the, sen the sentiment is you can get less done in a day than you think, but you can get much more done in a week or a month or a year than you think you can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. Basically, whenever we get ultra-motivated, we'll say, here's what we're going to get done today, and you'll get – You'll make a to-do list a mile long, and then you'll burn out on it with realizing if you'd put less of that, but you did it every single day for a year, you'd be astonished by what you could accomplish. Mm. And so when I think about the a review and looking at time frame, I think that's really useful. Like, hey, here's so many things that went well, things that did that did well. And then also showing that next to the where areas that I think I could do better and realizing mm -hmm. that like there's so much more potential in that and because because I'm thinking about how do I want to keep progressing, not just how do I keep skating by with what I've done in the past. How do I mm -hmm. how do I bring more value to the organization so that I'm more valuable to the organization? And so when I think about like the the review time frame, I think three months is a really great time frame for me to be able to look back. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd want it to be any longer. But another thing I think that comes along with shorter time frames is people say I. Annual reviews take so long. I cannot imagine doing it another one time, let alone three more times a year. <laughs> right. Like I would just hate myself if I had to do that. And, <laughs> that. 
Right. I think it's the same thing when people say they don't have time for one-on-one meetings. Uh, hmm. the, the amount of time and effort you have to put into getting one thing done a year mm-hmm. that's supposed to encapsulate such a large body of time takes more than four times as long as doing it four times a year. Right. So if you're going to do a monthly one-on-one meeting, it's going to take way longer to make it fruitful than it would be to have a one-on-one meeting once a week or every other week. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take so much longer to get the same amount of value where if you're doing it incrementally, like right now what we just did was our Q1 reviews here, but that's when we basically do like our annual tie up. It happens in the spring is kind of when we do like annual style things. So if mm-hmm. we were doing only this every year, this quarter largely felt the same to me to just do my quarterly review and then you and I have talked about a couple other things just about like, okay, the year going forward, what is that going to look like for us? It right. hasn't been everything all congealed into sliver on top of it. That is, it's more work on your plate as like being one of the manager of many people, but it's not the only time of year and everything is now on your plate. Yeah. I can't imagine now wanting to, I can't imagine given my philosophy now that I would be excited about doing annual reviews for all nine people on my team because I've tasted what it feels like to give meaningful feedback and I couldn't possibly give meaningful feedback over a year because so many, as we talked about before, so many things have changed. It wouldn't even be relevant for me to look back and say, well, you know, Michael, last uh, April, this happened. You'd be like, yeah. And I've since then 47 other things have happened that have changed, which I've spent the last five weeks working Mm -hmm. from my house. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on Mm -hmm. that in a year that makes it really difficult to make that a recap or a meaningful conversation. Whereas in a quarter, it's still long. I mean, it's still a quarter is still a long time. I often forget what people have done in a quarter. We have one of the questions in our review that says, Uh, tell me a little bit about your productivity for the quarter. I'm consistently surprised by the number of things people have done, not just like a task list, but I mean like meaty, meaningful things that people can get done in a quarter, much to your point. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't even know how to comment on a year's worth of that. And it would take me forever to write a meaningful review in that context. So yeah, I think that keeping it short is good. And I think too, uh, the because if you're having regular one-on-ones and you're having uh, meaningful reviews quarterly, even doing the review like face-to-face when we're talking about it, it's not spooky and it doesn't take that much time because we've already talked about a lot of this stuff and now it's just really for me to encourage my team member both by what they have accomplished and by the ways they can grow. Yeah, and I think the good news in this is a lot of the structure or all of the structure usually around doing performance evaluations is set by HR or the tone at the top. And if you're in an organization like, yeah, we just don't do that, but I wish it didn't suck quite as bad. The good news is you can still add your own incremental evaluations as a manager. Don't call them performance mm-hmm. reviews, call them quarterly check-ins, call them yeah. you know, something else where you're like, hey, each quarter, we're just going to have a time to meet have more of a development, specifically development-focused conversation. You can still do more of those all the time in between, but we're just Mm -hmm. setting aside some time to make sure we talk about it so that we don't look back in 2021 and say, shoot, we really missed an opportunity. 
like this was something you were interested in and we just didn't give ourselves the space to talk about it. And so a whole nother year has gone by. Let's do better this year. Well, that that's such a bummer to have missed opportunities like that. And so you don't even have yeah. to make it as formal as doing quarterly evaluations or, or uh, six-month right. evaluations. But if you really want to take the pain out of the year-end review, a lot of it is documenting what's happening over time, setting incremental benchmarks, like we set quarterly goals that we just talked about. And everyone mm-hmm. has their own sort of way of doing goal structuring and all that stuff. But keeping those documented and easy to find. But I think having specific moments in time throughout the year where you take a dedicated effort to recap, review forward, will really help take the pain out of doing annual reviews because you'll have uh, recent information from each trailing three months or mm-hmm. so instead of trying to recap all of that at one time. I think it's just a brilliant idea. And maybe we can start a start a campaign to change the word re- review into something else because it really does not encapsulate what you really want to have happen in that time. You want a recap is good, uh, a check-in, a how we doing, a, a checkup. I don't know. Lots mm-hmm. of lots of different words you can use. But the the point is it's a collaborative effort between the manager and the employee to get better at everything t- together. Get better at managing, get better at at doing uh, different tasks, different responsibilities that the team member has. It's just so important to get away from that. As we said, that's something you're doing regularly on a regular basis. We're, 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 we're making changes. We're being really dynamic in our relationship. So I think this has been super. Um, Do you have anything else, Michael, you want to share regarding reviews? Um, You know, I guess the only thing, and I kind of touched on it a little bit is there should be just as much about looking forward as they are about looking back, looking back to inform how to move forward not just looking back to praise or or correct, but looking mm-hmm. back for the purpose of being able to look forward and move forward in a meaningful way. And so in that sense, I really like the thought of flipping the term reviews on its head. We should probably even figure out like just retitling what we call them internally. Because yeah. what some of the people on the team, we were talking not not this round go round, but one of the last ones. So I'm saying, yeah, I feel like reviews have become a little less useful or even a lot less useful since we've done meetings. And I was like, interesting. I, d- I don't really agree. Why, why do you say that? And their perspective was not that like we shouldn't do these, but they're more like, it's just a recap. Like I feel like it's stuff we're already talking about all the time. Mm. So it's not like it's a, uh, this isn't super weighty. And I was like, well, maybe that's a really good thing that mm. there's a dedicated mm-hmm. set time to look back and say, uh, you know, it's not weighty because there's no surprises and it's things that are already being discussed. It's just a chance to look back, look ahead and go from there. And uh, so, yeah, I really like that concept of trying to turn the conversation on its head that this isn't a review that you're waiting of from someone else. It's a conversation about performance, a conversation about growth, a conversation about where you want to go and where the team needs you to go. I love that. Let's do it. We'll come up with something and we'll let people know in a future podcast. We've changed the name and then we'll put a petition out somewhere. Yeah. Change.org. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it rolling. So, well, great to talk with you today, Michael, about this. I love it. And uh, looking forward to chatting next time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Teams. If you have any feedback for us, check the show notes and pop us an email. We'd love to hear from you.